What's up gamers? Welcome to episode 42 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. I am your host, Glenn the Commissioner Gordon, and it has been a really interesting week in gaming. Um, a lot's been going on and we've got a lot to talk about. Who better to talk about it with than the most racially diverse gaming crew on the internet today? Um, ben Shillabir Hall, the original Ben Sterling, is here hey. with us. How are you, Ben? I am a little bit tired, but I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Oh, I don't want to answer that question. Um, but gaming's been going well. How has, how has gaming been for you? Not too bad. I bought Assassin's Creed. It's quite glitchy. It's quite glitchy, I've been hearing Yeah, quite that. glitchy. I, I, I had a bit earlier on where um, I was climbing up a wall... I got alerted by a guard. Then somehow I was halfway in between the wall and the actual gameplay, mm. uh, and I could keep getting the, you know, the, the points for, for escaping the guard because he kept looking at the wall, thinking I was there, then turning around again, and then thinking I was there. <laughs> I kept racking up XP for doing nothing. Hey, you know that's the perfect time yeah. to go out and, and hang out yeah. with some friends. Yeah. You know, have have a sleepover. Just just yeah. come back and, and just be the maximum level in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But but doing nothing cool. There you go. Um, I don't I don't know what's up with Ubisoft. All, all these different things that they're doing have been hurting them PR wise. So I don't know. But um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Gary Bagdasarov is also here with us. KGB Gary, um, straight from Utah, not Russia. <laughs> How are you, Gary? Uh, I'm I'm decent, I'm decent. A little stressed out from work, but other than that, I'm I'm okay. Oh, I, I know how that feels. Um, how about gaming? How's gaming been treating you? Gaming has been treating me very well, very well. Uh, got to play Dragon Age. Uh, how how is it? Like, is the the game's not out yet, right? No, it is not. What can you say about it? I can say everything. My reviews posted on PSU. Oh, your reviews up already. Okay. Yes, you can go check that out. It's a fantastic game. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll actually have something to say about that too in just a bit. Um, but first, you guys had some stuff to say this week, so let's take a look at our tweets. Um, we have fewer tweets this week, which is absolutely fine because we actually have a lot to talk about this week. Um, Let's see, we got a tweet, first of all, from the Fonz at SNOVA34Z. Um, he told us that he purchased Sleeping Dogs, the definitive edition. Uh, he's playing it on PS3, and he loves how they've improved everything, plus adding all the DLC. I actually haven't played Sleeping Dogs. What, what was that game about? I, I think I, it, was, it was pretty big in the news before Watch Dogs, but my sites were all on Watch Dogs, so I kind of skipped right over it. Yeah, uh, Sleeping Dogs is an uh, open-world game, uh, kind of like GTA and Watch Dogs, but it takes place in Hong Kong. Uh, so it, it, its big draw was, was the awesome combat they, they embedded into the game, made you feel really, really awesome. Uh, you get to use the environment, uh, kind of like Jackie Chan does uh, in his action movies. So it was, it was actually a really fun game. Hmm. I, think, I personally think it was the best open-world game that came out last generation. I might have to check that out um, when I have time. But it's, you know, I, I just, I, for some reason it just slipped past me, Sleeping Dogs. I, it just, I was all about Watch Dogs at the time. And then Watch Dogs came out and we all know how that went. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> um, 
Darren at Kunani thanked us and PSU.com for the shout-out for Swap Me Games. Um, last week we talked about Swap Me Games, which was this app, um, which was kind of like Craigslist for gamers who wanted to trade games with each other. So you would have a profile on Swap Me Games. Other people have profiles on Swap Me Games. In your profile, you say what games you have and what games you want to trade, and the app actually matches you with other people who want those games. So it, it, the app sets up a trade for you, and all you have to do is meet IRL in real life and, and actually complete the trade. So pretty useful sounding app, you know, um, Swap Me Games. I'm assuming that this is the developer that our friend who tweeted us before knows. Um, he also gives a shout out to Jay. He says, hi, Jay. Um, I don't know who Jay is, but hello, Jay. Um, from Darren at Kunani, thank you for the tweet, sir. Um, at Games Ethics says, just heard about you guys. I like the idea. I hope for a follow back, but even if not, you'll still have my support. Dude, I appreciate that. I, I, I like tweets like that. It's like, yeah. it would be cool yeah. if you followed back, but you've, you've got my support. I like what you're about. So um, we did actually follow him back. Um, Let's see, Games Ethics. Let me click his profile here. He doesn't have a doesn't have a description, relatively new to Twitter. Um, but I'm glad that he's on board. So welcome. Um, at Glenn Mendoza at Mashimato, he says, please don't buy Unity um, Unity, and he's talking about Assassin's Creed Unity, on PC until they fix their buggy mess. It's crappy on high-end video cards. That's a shame. Um Ben Seems was, across all platforms, I think it's just the PC. Ben, did you play it on PS4 or PC? Uh, PS4. On PS4. So, yeah, sounds like it. That there's problems across all platforms. <laughs> yeah, the game is really bad, on, even on PS4. How about the, how about the actual game? With the, if it's possible to put the bugs aside, um, how is the game? I'm enjoying the game. It's a fun game, but... They're, the frame rate's really bad at times. I mean, it's stack. It, you can freeze up, and then a few seconds later, move somewhere. Would you say that it's um, to any degree that it's worth getting, even with the bugs? I go about the uh, with the bugs, but I do say if you're not a big fan of, you don't have a load of friends, because it's what the first Assassin's Creed games where you can play the play the game in co-op with friends. Um, so if you're looking for a co-op game, then yeah, I do recommend it still because the co-op is a lot of fun. Okay. Um, but if you're not, then I, I'd recommend just waiting till till all the other games that come out come out because there's so many games. Right. If we, if there wasn't many games coming out, then yeah, I agree this would be still worth it. Mm -hmm. But we've got Dragon Age, Far Cry, Pokemon, Smash Brothers, uh, all those other games that are coming out. Yeah, th this holiday season is just full of all these games coming out. It's ridiculous, really. Um, yeah. I can't afford anything, so I don't know what's what's gonna happen. We'll we'll see. But I have so many games on my list; it's not even funny. Um, Spark at the Spark underscore, <laughs> the Spark underscore. Uh, he had a little trouble finding episode forty. Um, we published forty one last week, and he tweeted us, and he was like, "Wait a second, what happened to 40? Um If you have trouble. Feel free to send us a tweet. Um, at, in, in his case, it was something to do with iTunes on his end. Uh, there was a filter out of place or something like that. 
Um, but if you ever have a problem finding us, just send us a tweet. We'll be happy to uh, help you out there. Um, of, of course, the more people we have um, listening, the better. Uh, so, Spark, I'm glad that you got that sorted out, and I hope that you are listening to... Well, obviously, if you're hearing this, you're listening. So thank you for listening to episode 42. Um, Glenn Mendoza returned. He said, wow, Sunset Overdrive failed to chart on NPD in October. Forza Horizon 2 failed to chart both September and October. Bayonetta failed to chart in October. Well, you know what? Hold that thought, because this is actually an NPD results podcast episode. Like, we have the NPD results from October, um, my favorite podcast of the month. And, and we're going to discuss that in just a bit. So hold on to your hats there, uh, Glenn, and we will discuss that in just a little bit. Um, Adam Duffield also had something to say about NPD. Um, he's, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute, too. So I'm, I'm gonna, if you've seen the movie Bolt, there's this really annoying guy. Um, it's a Pixar movie, and about the one about the dog. And there's this really annoying guy in the movie that says, we're just going to put a pin in that. And, and, and his whole character is, we're just going to put a pin in this and come back to it later. And that's precisely what I'm going to do. Um, although uh, hopefully in a less annoying way. Glenn, uh, I should correct you because people get angry about these things. Uh, Bolt was not a Pixar movie. That was a, I think, a Disney movie, but not Pixar. Are you serious? Yes. I have to Google this now. Are you, wait, really? Yes. Um, I, people get really crazy when you when you <laughs> well when it comes to Pixar. So I just I just thought I would. That's surprising because just looking at the animation style. Yeah, I think it was. Disney. It could have been DreamWorks. I'm not one hundred percent sure. No, it's Disney's movie. Yeah. Okay. But I mean. We're totally getting off track here, but I mean, this is definitely Disney's work, but it looks, everything about it looks Pixar. Anyway, it, it's a Disney movie, the Disney movie Bolt. I'll, I'll, I'll correct myself then, but that's, that's a surprise to me. But anyway, um, we'll come back to that in just a bit. Um, Adam sent us one more tweet. He says, another great episode, guys. Keep them rolling. P.S. Hope you guys don't mind me tweeting to you every week. Um, absolutely not. Do you mind? No. Do you, absolutely. Oh, Lovely. I, I don't mind. I mean, tweet, if, if we minded, I'm sure we wouldn't read every tweet you've sent us on the air. Um, so, no, send them in. Um, all of everyone, send in your tweets, send in your comments. Um, we like to ask questions on Twitter and see where you guys are think what you guys are thinking about different topics in gaming. So join the party, head to Twitter and follow us at the RDGH at the RDGH, and we will read your replies and your tweets and your comments on the air. Um, so thank you guys for sending your tweets. Let's um, kind of dive in here. The, we have a lot to let's see. I, I always lose my train of thought. Uh, these days, I've, I've been so busy with school, and I feel like my brain is fried, and I can't wait to graduate. Okay, here we go. Um, an ex-Sony engineer actually left his name inside every PS4. Uh, this comes from Kotaku. Uh, his name was Kazuya Sakakihara, and he spent 10 years, he, he worked at Sony as, an, as a senior software engineer. He, he worked at Sony for a decade. Um, he worked on both the PS3 and the PS4. And... 
he doesn't work for Sony anymore, but in his code, he actually put, in the code of the PS4, he actually put his name, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. It's, um, Kotaku says that it's, um, they have a screenshot sent by someone named Chris Galizi. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced that. But Sakakihara has left his name in the hard drive code, the HDD code. Um, Kotaku says, coders leaving calling cards is nothing new, it happens all the time, but it's usually left in the comments. Um, and if you've done any coding, the comments are the part of the code that the computer ignores. It's just for the humans. Um, and, and, yeah, they'll leave messages for other humans, and, and even then it's often in the form of just, like, initials. But no, this is Sakakihara's full name, um, although with, with a typo, which I guess they found amusing. Um... I don't know. That, that's kind of cool. What do you What do you think about it? Like, if you were developing a console or, or any big project, how, what kind of creative things would you try to do to sneak your uh, to sneak your mark into it somehow? Oh man, for a console, I don't know. Like, that's all right. I think it's cool that he would embed his embed it like that. But like to us, we kind of don't care. We'll never see it. No, we'll never see it. Which makes me wonder why, um, how Chris Galizi found it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Illegally, probably. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to ask him. I'm gonna have to tweet him and ask him on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at c galizi g a l l i z z i. Um, it says he's a product developer and a game hacker. So I guess that explains that. <laughs> um, <Hey. laughs> Yeah, you know, if I was going to do it, I'll, I would do something more visible, like on the inside of the console. But then again, that's manufacturing. You're not going to be able to do that. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I think it's cool. But from a system, I, I mean, maybe you could have done something on, on the on the interface, the hub. Uh, the But other than that, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, any ideas, Ben? Uh, probably the other idea there, Gary, is the fact that you don't want to make anything too visible. Because if you make it visible, then Sony won't know and you'll get into trouble. By putting in a little bit of code in the... in the uh, you name in a little bit of code, chances are it might get past the quality assurance and nobody be any wiser until, like, now. Yeah, that, that is interesting because it's not in the comments. It's literally in the actual code for the system. Um... And it's not like they can do anything to him now. I mean, he doesn't work for them. What are they going to do, fire him? So, well, yeah. But about that, it's nothing illegal about hacking into the firmware as long as you don't modify it. Right. Or right. change the source code. Mm -hmm. So Chris Scalise, I'm going to have to follow this guy on Twitter. I'm going to have to follow him and tell him that he's on RDGH and he doesn't even know it. Um, yeah, he, he's been... <laughs> He's been tweeting all this stuff about games, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to follow him. Um, looks interesting. So I have no idea um, what Sony thinks about that. There, I mean, there, there wasn't a comment from them or anything, but um, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's kind of cool. I, I, I'm kind of interested in, in what any of you guys might um, do to, to get your mark onto a big project like that. I might tweet that out this week. Yeah, I, I personally would have put her on the interface somewhere in some hidden way of getting it. Yeah, like, you know, the, the whole thing in the background of the home screen on PlayStation 4? Yeah. Like, ribbon? Like, have that move in a way that kind of spells your initials or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. That would be funny. 
I don't know. Again, I'd be. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather just be hidden in the code. Mm-hmm. I'd put believing Gary in my code. <laughs> Subliminal message. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I agree. Every time you load up, it flashes like <laughs> half a second. So, will... have you guys seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? Yes, I have. Yes. I am so glad because that is a freaking good movie. Uh, I can't wait for that to come out on DVD. Um, I bring that out because there's actually been some information on the Uncharted movie, uh, which has been in the works for years and years now. Um, It has been up and it has been down. It has been good and then it has been bad. There have been times when it had a director and there have been times when it didn't have a director and the project, you know, we weren't sure it was going to continue. But so far it seems to be on track as far as whether or not it's going to continue. There's just some casting things. Um, I'm looking at PSU as I as I say this. Um, PSU.com. They were gonna get. They were gonna try to get Chris Pratt to play Nathan Drake. And if you don't know Chris Pratt, he actually played Star Lord, um, one of the lead characters, or the lead character in the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he was approached by filmmakers, and he actually turned the role down. Um, he's not going to be Nathan Drake. And what interests me is is kind of the comments um, down here. Someone suggested Nolan North. And if you don't know Nolan North, he actually voices Nathan Drake in the actual Uncharted video games. Um, One of the people who replied to that comment, he said, nah, it's not a big enough name for a AAA film. He's the man, though. My reply to that was, and that's exactly why video games films don't tend to succeed. Um, you know, Nolan North is the guy who plays Nathan Drake. He looks a little bit like Nathan Drake, if not maybe a little older. Um, you know, but it's just that, like, this is the guy who is literally Nathan Drake in the video game, which the movie is based off of. So, to avoid putting him into the movie just because of the fact that he's not like some big Hollywood actor, that's kind of a disservice to the very audience that you're making this video game movie for, in in my opinion. How do you guys feel about all this, about Chris Pratt being Nathan Drake and about Nolan North and and this comment? I I think Nolan North would have been the perfect cast. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, they have stun doubles for every scene these days. I mean, if Batista, a professional wrestler who gets hit with chairs, takes hits, jumps from the top rope, if he can't do his own stunts in that in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, that's just sad, in my opinion. Um, so I don't see why well, you... It depends have, on what the stunts are, frankly. Like, well, well, yeah, but this is a guy who's physically been doing this kind of stuff his entire life. Absolutely. So I don't know why he couldn't do his own stunts, mm-hmm. but... I don't see why you couldn't have Nolan North. You know, yeah, he's a little bit older, and I don't think that's a huge problem. Um, there's makeup effects and all that that they can do to make him look younger. Um, just just do stun doubles. Um, as far as Chris Pratt goes, uh, my problem with it is he went straight to a guy who most people didn't even care about up until he became Star-Lord. Um, and just because he was in a movie that was massively successful, uh, all of a sudden, everybody wants him to be in their movies. 
And that's my problem with that. Um, you're, you're pretty much wanting him because he was popular in another movie. And well, yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly what this is. Yeah, and to me, there's other actors you could have grabbed. I mean, Nathan Fillion has requested to play this role ever since this movie got announced, and he can because he does look like Nathan Nathan Drake. So I don't see why you couldn't. Um, yeah, he's not a mega superstar, but he's a lot well known than most of the other. I, it, personally, I think Nathan Fillion is more known than Chris Pratt is even though he played in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's just my opinion. Uh, my other one, I just want to say, like, uh, Elena Fisher is voiced and played by Emily Rose, who actually is a professional actress, and she's the spitting image of the character that she plays. So why not get her to play Elena Fisher in the movie, if she's even in the movie? That's I, just... I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, any thoughts, Ben, before I interject my own? Uh, not really. Uh, it's not, I'm not even sure I'll go watch the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of video game movies, so unless it's some sort of magic, nice, really good movie, which I doubt it will be. You're going to watch Ratchet and Clank, though, right? Probably, yeah, because okay. it's not. It's it's an animated video game movie, so I have more hope for it than an actual live adaption. Adaption, yeah, live. Can, can, can I just say, I, I still think Mortal Kombat is the best video game movie ever made. Oh, I agree. Mortal Kombat is an amazing movie. <laughs> and I must admit, a lot of people will hate me for this, but the Dead or Alive movie seems like it could be a good movie. Yeah, that's already been made. Mainly yeah. because the whole movie is just fan service and fighting. Well, Dead or Alive is all just fan service and fighting. So it's pretty much the same as the game. Right. Well, as far as Uncharted's concerned, I do know why the producers want to put someone with a big acting name in it. They're concerned about the marketing for the movie. Um, they believe that the movie will be easier to sell if you have a huge name in it somewhere. You know, an, an Angelina Jolie, a Brad Pitt, a George Clooney, a big name. A Chili Sterling. Exactly. Exactly. Um... With, from a marketing perspective, I guess, but how important is that really? I mean, let me be real here. I, I, if you've seen Maleficent, um, have you guys seen Maleficent? No, I have not, no. The Disney movie, Ben? No, no, I have not, sorry. Angelina Jolie plays Maleficent, and she is absolutely perfect for that role. Like, I, I don't know if she was born with the ability to be, like, this elegant, maniacal villainous bent on revenge. But she played that role like she was... Like, she came out of her mother's womb ready to play this part. And she was brilliant. And, you know, I think that has less to do with the name than just the fact that she's a fantastic actress. But, I mean, think about this... The whole point of this video game movie, this movie is designed to emulate a video game, okay? The people who watch it are mostly probably going to be video game people, people who play video games, Uncharted fans. And as such, they're Uncharted fans, they're going to know who Nolan North is, okay? They're really going to, they're really not going to be worried about what big names are in the movie, they're going to be worried about how well the character that they are already familiar with is portrayed in the movie. 
That is the whole point of this movie thing. So to be con to be so concerned with you know we need a big AAA actor name in this movie um, to to play the lead character. I I think they're taking their eye off the ball. I think they're really taking their eye off the ball. And, and if they don't cast this well, yeah, I mean this movie ha that's been years in the making is in definite danger of being a flop. Which makes me sad. I, I really want to see it, especially for me because I love Uncharted. That's one of my favorite franchises um, on either PlayStation or Xbox. And I mean, I, I haven't had my Xbox for long, but still, it it would disappoint me if this movie went downhill. And it feels like that's where it could go if, if they're not a little more careful than that. Um, yes, scary. I was just saying, agreed. Agreed. Um, I. Now, when I watch, I, I've, we've had this conversation before, actually, um, about video game movies being successful or unsuccessful, and I always bring up Hitman. Um, when I watched it, I had never played a Hitman game, and I, I still haven't, actually. So there were parts where I was like, I have no clue what's going on. Like At the end, I, I'm not going to spoil it just in case you haven't seen it, but something happens at the end that just has me totally confused, and then they end it just like that, and I'm like, oh. Okay, I guess I would have had to play the game to get it. Um, but it was still a really interesting movie. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. Video, video game movies are definitely becoming more prominent, or, or, or at least more plentiful, I should say. So hopefully, um, between Ratchet and Clank and maybe Uncharted, or, or so, one of the, hopefully one of these movies will be a hit. That, that's all I'm asking. Just one. Just one. There's also Assassin's Creed coming as well. Oh, really? Yeah, with um, Michael Fassbender. See, it was already cast. So now here's the thing: if they cast the whoever the assassin is, if they cast him meaning to jump onto a wall, but instead like jumping off somewhere into a bush, then <laughs> I will review that movie somehow and give it a ten. Yeah, it needs it needs the assassin turkey from Assassin's Creed Three back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd it, be a uh, the, there needs to be a reference to the to the poor mechanics of the game. I'll I'll give it a ten um, for whatever <laughs> oh, it's worth. Yeah, they they've already cast Michael Fassbender as the assassin. Okay. Uh, it's probably oh. going to be Altair from the first Assassin's Creed. Okay, that's good. good. So yeah. there'll be a load of beggars in following him around, going, "Can I have money? Can I have money? Can I have <laughs> yeah. money?" He'll he'll just reach into his pocket and throw some money, and everyone's going to be like. Oh my goodness, dinero, money. It's like, it's the no, that, that was the annoying thing about number one. You couldn't actually throw money. Oh, you couldn't? And there was no money in the game, but the beggars would constantly stalk you forever, asking <laughs> you for money, but there was no money system. It's like, I'd like to give you money, but, you know, yeah. Ubisoft won't let me. Um, <laughs> that's interesting, actually. Uh, okay, let's move forward a little bit from movies. And let's talk a little bit about Drive Club. Um, there has been a new update uh, as far as Drive Club is concerned. Um, Drive Club, of course, is the racing game, the absolutely gorgeous racing game, that came out just a little while ago with some very big connectivity issues, which is significant because Drive Club is a racing game that's based on connectivity. And so a lot of people haven't been able to connect. The promised free PlayStation Plus version has not been launched, and it's been a big fiasco for um, poor Evolution Studios, who has clearly put their heart and soul into this game. Um, 
Again, this isn't a huge reply. I'm just going to read it really quickly. Um, it says, Hi, everyone. The team at Evolution continues to work diligently to resolve all of the server issues. We know you've all been extremely patient and understandably frustrated during Drive Club's launch, and to show our appreciation for the support during this challenging time, we will be offering the premium DLC packs for November um, to free to those who purchase the full game. Sorry for that pause there. They had some stuff in parentheses that I skipped over. Um, those packs are going to be out, um, depending on your region, the 25th for America, 26th for Europe, and 27th for Japan. Uh, continuing the message, it says these premium DLC packs, uh, the Ignition Expansion Pack and the Photo Finish Tour Pack, along with two livery packs, will give you a total of five new cars, 22 new tour events, 10 new trophies, and 10 new livery items to play with online and offline. The Season Pass will be extended to include four extra packs in July 2015 to ensure players who purchase the pass get everything that was promised. So, on top of the free DLC in November, the Season Pass will still include 38 cars, 176 tour events, and 80 unique libraries. On Tuesday, we will also be releasing our next game update, which includes our first round of player-requested feature updates. In addition to photo mode, which will allow you to share your most thrilling moments with your friends, we will be adding improved multiplayer collision physics to reduce frustrating spin-outs, adjustments to soften the corner-cutting penalty system, options in the club menu to view everything your club has unlocked, and a fix to allow all club owners to update their club badges. This update also includes the first new tracks, which we announced back in September as part of our plans to keep supporting and expanding the game as you play. These include the following free new tracks for online and offline play, also playable in reverse. Um, India, Scotland, and Chile. Um, they also have names that I have not said, just for fear of mispronouncing them. Um... Although currently we do not have an update regarding the timing for the launch of the PS Plus edition, we are continually working on improving the server capacity to enable us to launch the PS Plus edition as quickly as possible. Once again, thank you for your support. We are truly sorry that the road to delivering the full Drive Club Racing experience on PS4 has been such a rocky one. Uh, that was actually a little longer than I thought. <laughs> sorry about that. But, um, so, there's... I guess progress, it, it didn't really mention much about progress, basically it was just like, yeah, we're still working on it, but here's what we're going to do to try to make up for everything everyone's suffered. I'm really happy because the first comment that I saw was not about how they didn't give enough free stuff somehow. Um, I mean, they're giving you some free stuff, it's fair, seriously. Um, they give the, you've, you've got some 20-something tour events, new trophies, new libraries, five new cars, that's good. And at the same time, they still manage to retain the value of the season pass, which people are paying for by extending it and expanding it and making it bigger. So, um, in my opinion, this is pretty fair. Um, don't forget that tomorrow, Tuesday, you're, you're hearing this on Monday. So tomorrow, Tuesday, you're going to get your photo mode. Um, the corner, the corner cutting penalty system thing needed to happen. Uh, that's, that was absolutely ridiculous. And, and the collision thing needs to happen as well because I'm so tired of being bumped from behind and then having to pay a penalty for that. That's kind of stupid. Um, so there's progress there. Um, before I turn this over to the rest of the crew here, I also want to address one other thing. Um, I just can't remember what it is right now. Um, so anyway, forget that. Let's go to the crew. I, I was literally about to, to say what I was about to say, and then it just vanished from my head. I, I am, I'm not drunk, I promise. Um, ben, what do you think about all of this? I think that is amazing. And 
I'm happy that actually I, I will probably play the. I haven't played it much to be honest, Drive Club, but I might play put some more time into it with all that free stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually requested that sort of. Um, that's been one of the big requests, even since the beta test, the yeah, you know, the collision detection, because right. it was such a pain in the butt, even in the beta. Oh, where really? people would bump into you from behind and you'll lose points. Absolutely. Like, you'll lose points. Um, <laughs> and if it's big enough, like, you happen to spin out by accident and, and yeah. bang into something, you get a penalty. It's like, come on. I already spun out and lost a bunch of speed. Do I really need an extra penalty? Anyway, sorry. Continue, Ben. No, that's pretty much my oh, that opinion. It? That was it. Yeah. Okay. Gary! Yes, um... I think it's great stuff, just like you guys said. Um, my, my only problem, and it comes not just from Evolution, but from a lot of other companies, uh, is uh, releasing new content before you fully fix the old content. Hmm. Oh, you just reminded me what I was going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, it's nice to get new stuff, but in a way it feels like you're focusing more on making this new stuff work rather than fixing the stuff that should have worked in the first place. Well, here's the thing, and that's exactly what I was going to address. That I don't know why I was. It came to my mind. I announced that I was going to talk about it, and then it disappeared. It's it's like it's trolling. But anyway, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I get why you think that way. But um, the problem is, evolution is not all about the server. Um, what's what's going on is all server issues, and evolution is a development studio. So I mean. You have people, yes, that are working on the server issues, but all of Evolution is not equipped to work on the server issues. The people who develop the new content, develop the the game, the game part of it, have absolutely nothing to do with the server and cannot, are are not, probably not even trained to work on the server part of everything, the actual part that's broken. So, I mean, you could just have them sit there and do nothing until the server comes, but considering all the, the PR mess that has come from this, I think they're doing exactly what they need to be doing. They're getting new content out there. And and yeah, I guess to some people that might look like, oh, your focus is not in the right place. But these guys are the guys, the guys making this new content are actually the guys developing the game, not working on the server. So what are they supposed to do? The, you know? So at, at least to me, this makes perfect sense because um, this is going to get more content out. It's going to get more people in favor of the game. Um, a lot of people, I guess, were slighted because of the whole thing. A lot of people who wanted the PS Plus edition, uh, who wanted to try the game out first, still are not able to do so. Like A lot of people were slighted. And, and so this is kind of a way to make up for it, kind of get into some good graces, while the server, um, the server fixes are still in full force behind the scenes. Um, what do you think about that? Um, that's good, then, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, the fault is still getting blamed on, on Evolution, and maybe they should, like you said, it's not them, but it's the people working on the server side. They should, you know, kind of say that, you know, because they're just taking the blunt of this, and they keep apologizing for it when, like you said, if it's not really their fault, why should they continue to apologize for something that is not their fault? Well, we don't know whose fault it is, frankly. I mean... Well, let's be honest, PlayStation's... Is it Sony's fault for not providing the servers? I mean, it could be. If you look at the lineup of the PS4 so far, a lot of games have been delayed, and we've never known why. 
Like we, we've had a lot of mysterious things happen that really haven't had any conclusive explanation. We've had people leave a bunch of studios out of the blue. You know, we've had a lot of games delayed out of the blue. And, and you know, some games have been delayed on Xbox as well. But, I mean, it's been, in my opinion, at least as far as I've seen, it's been more prevalent on the PlayStation 4. We don't know why that's happening. It could be a server situation. I mean, 2.0, um, the, the 2.0 firmware certainly didn't help. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I am speculating, but it could be anything. You know, it could be Sony's fault. It could also be partly Evolution's fault for not coding something properly or, you know, or, or for not testing the server. They, they didn't have an alpha, or, or maybe they did. They called it Cupcake or something like that. And, yeah, and Project they, Cupcake was a closed beta test slash alpha. Yeah, and, and they really didn't open that up to give the servers the, the full test that they probably could have used. So I guess part of it could be Evolution's fault. But Sony could certainly be just as at fault, if not more. And I guess we're not going to know because Sony probably isn't going to come out and explain the whole thing for us. No. But that, and by the way, they did send out. They did extend it a little bit. A lot of people thought it was just the community, but it was about it was about two thousand invites sent out to random people. Mm -hmm. So it, it was it was pretty big, really. I mean, that's not that's still not an op that's still not the same as like an open beta. Uh, yeah. Uh, I if, guess, but I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that every game needs to have an open beta, but I mean an open beta. If they had chosen to go that route, that would have revealed that problem right away. If it, I mean, you probably still wouldn't have had as many people as those who actually went out and purchased the game. No, actually, no, you'd have more because it's an open beta; yeah. they can get it for free. That's the problem with open betas, in my opinion, is the fact that you can over you can then overspend on how on your servers. Mm -hmm. You'll think, oh, look, there's a hundred thousand people downloading my game right now, and then when it actually comes out, you spent like, you know, you bought like loads and loads of servers and spent a lot of money. Then the game comes out, and maybe a quarter actually buy it, and that's all that server space you just spent all your money on, just well, going to waste. Going to waste? I don't know about going to waste, really. Because don't forget that this game isn't just going to be out for like a year or something. It's going to be out for the duration of the thing, and they're going to sell more things. By buying that server, by buying all those servers, they're prepared for perhaps, um, maybe not the maximum, because obviously more people are going to buy consoles over time too. But they're prepared for a large amount of, of people to buy the game down the line. Like They're prepared for a good while. But the problem with that is they have to pay for that those servers mm -hmm. and keep them running and make sure they're okay. At the same time, as they got to make sure it still keeps selling. It's it's just not a good. It's actually better to have less server space, less servers than you need, than to have too many servers financially. Right. Because uh, it's easier to expand than it is to. They always do that. Uh, financially is how they always go, and it always ends up screwing up the game and pissing a lot of people off. Mm. Gary, you were actually about to say something a while back. What was that? Do you remember? Oh, uh, I was just going to say, uh, I, I, I remember the, the, the same kind of issues happened with Battlefield 4 when it came out. You know, it had a lot of server issues, a lot of bugs, a lot of glitches, and they start to announce the next DLC packs, you know? Oh, this DLC is coming out next month, and people 
got even more pissed off that they announced this DLC pack when they hadn't even fixed the game that right. came out. And Now, that, that could be a different scenario because, to my understanding, th those were actually bugs in the game, right? Yeah, bugs, uh, issues with the server, like people couldn't connect, people kept getting kicked. The server server issues are different from game bugs, though. Yeah, I mean the developers of the game are probably more likely to work on the game bugs because they actually put that code there, whereas mm -hmm. the server people are working directly with the servers, which is a different department entirely. So, I mean, it's possible. I I don't know how EA and whoever developed Battlefield. I, I don't know why I'm spacing on who developed Battlefield. I think it was EA. Um, nice. What? Dice. Oh, it was Dice. Okay, I, I don't know how things are set up at Dice, um, or, or how they have their teams divided, but it's it's entirely possible that you know the people who are working on the um, servers there are, are doing their own thing. The people who are working on the development are doing their own thing. But it's also possible that you know they just have things, in, in my opinion, kind of backwards, and then they have a separate team to work on like bugs and stuff from the people who are actually developing and making new bugs. Um, <laughs> but see, the thing to me the, makes no sense, but it's possible. I don't know. The thing with Battlefield, though, is it lasted for so long. I think eight months after the game came out, they were still having issues with that game. Has it ever been fixed? Or as far as I know, uh, to this day, I from what I hear, uh, the game works very well now. Okay. Um, like it doesn't have the the server issues. A lot Too of them late. are gone. Too late. But yes. That's almost a whole year after the game came out. Yeah. By now, no one cares about that game. <laughs> Only mean, the hardcore players are still playing that game. Sure, the people who are who got the game and are fans of it. But as far as new people, they're not they're not going to make very many new sales um, in comparison right now. It's yeah. too late. You know, the game already has a bad reputation, and, and yeah. it's too late to really overcome that. And that's the thing. Like, every time they'd release a patch for that game, it would mess up more stuff. Right. And it just—it was a constant sight. People were so happy. Oh, finally, they get to fix this issue that I'm having with the with a certain gun. You know, they fix it, and then all of a sudden, a different gun is having that same issue now because of that patch. And it just—it was this whole mess, and it lasted for so long. And I don't know. It just. To to me personally, that I feel like you shouldn't release new content until the old stuff works the way you wanted it to work. Mm -hmm. That's just my personal opinion. Whether it's from a server side or uh, a content side, developer side. So me, so you're saying just out of concern that the new content could further harm the existing game? Yes. Okay. Every time you release new content, it always has a chance of messing up the code that you've already had for the older content. Right. So, But but Drive Club's in the more unique situation of not really having that many in-game bugs. Like, it, it's all about the server connectivity. The servers are the problem. So yeah. as far as the game itself, there's really nothing to worry about. I mean, they could develop, and there, there, aren't, there isn't really anything to... Well, I, it feels weird to say there isn't anything to break, but I, I guess that's not what I mean. I, what I mean is that you know, they don't have a lot of bugs that could, you know, be further worsened by adding new content, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they're in, they're in the more unique position of, of being able to separate the game itself from the problem with the game. 
Yeah. But, you know, it all comes down, in my opinion, to quality control and the QA department. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if you don't have the testers to find this stuff before the game comes out, then you need to hire more testers. You're saying if Evolution is purely the one at fault, right? Yes, or any company for that matter. But take Assassin's Creed, for example. It has so many bugs, so many issues. Um, uh, then you need to fire all of your testers and hire a completely new staff. Did you ever get to watch the um, that reality show that PlayStation tried to make called The Tester? Yes. So did I. I kind of wish I hadn't. <laughs> I mean, listen, being a game tester, yeah, you get to work for the video game industry, but that is the lowest of the low as far as rungs on the ladder. Yeah. It's, it's not a fun job. I, no. I, so to have all of this fanfare around becoming a tester, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. That's like, you know, celebrating because you got a job as a waste management engineer, a.k.a. a garbage person. I mean... Oh my god, I want that job. That sounds amazing. <laughs> to me, I mean, the, the celebration around that makes no sense. And you know, the thing and it's boring. Is, is, like, they release these open betas, right? right? And they want people who get into these open betas or play these open betas to give feedback. Tell them what they should fix before the game comes out, what's wrong, any issues they run into. I guarantee you, probably 70% of the people who are in those open betas leave zero feedback. To them, that's just playing the game four months before it comes out. Right. So, I'd rather you focus more on inside heavy testing with your own people than releasing a big open beta where 70% of the people playing it aren't going to give you squat for it. Right. Unless you're doing a server test. You know, if you're doing, you know, a hardcore server test. A stress test. That's what the word I was looking for. If you do, if you, every company, in my opinion, should do a stress test. For any multiplayer they're releasing in the game. What did I just walk into? Hi. <laughs> what? I don't know, I got the tail end of that sentence, which is like, uh... Hi, Fraser. <laughs> Hi. So, so, this is Fraser the Shapeshifter Miller, who is late to the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. How could you? I thought I timed it right doing a video. I guess not. I apologize. That's okay. I, I, I slept through our deadline last time, so I'll forgive you. Um, How dare you! <laughs> um, we were just talking about Drive Club and its bugs. And I have Drive Club now. Oh, you do? Yeah. We need to I, I, I fell asleep playing it. So just to catch up to speed, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking Man, about how Drive Club's amazing. We were talking about how Drive it's Club. It's not the game's fault. I was tired from work and having slept like two hours. I'd like to finish my sentence. You're fired. All of you are fired. <laughs> Wait, um, if we're all fired, we can make our own thing. <laughs> you can make your own thing anyway. Um, we were talking about how Drive Club is. Um, going to be giving everyone who has purchased the full game uh, some free DLC in light of the whole server issue thing. Is that linked to PS Plus or is it if you just have it on your account? No. If you purchase the full version of the game, the PS Plus version is not available yet and I'm sure they're probably going to do something for that too. No, I was meaning like, is that linked to if you have PS Plus, like if you just have a PS Plus subscription or is it because they're just, if it Drive Club is on your PSN as a saved file, basically. 
They mentioned nothing about PlayStation Plus, so I'd imagine it's just, you know, you download it and then you play it. Um, I mean, the only part that they mentioned about PS Plus was the PS Plus edition, so. Um, but, guys, one more thing before we move on from Drive Club. Uh, in the comments, a lot of people asked Evolution about the weather updates. Um, the weather update, excuse me, the weather <laughs> the weather feature in the game, the, the rain and the snow that we saw in so many beautiful trailers before Drive Club's release. Um, Drive, Club, um, Drive Club's developer Evolution replied to some of those, and they said that the weather update will be coming later this year, uh, later in two, before the end of 2014. So um, look out for that. Oh my goodness, we spent more time on Drive Club than I expected us to. It's an amazing game. It is an amazing game. Uh, speaking of other amazing games, Little Big Planet Three is coming out very soon. Here, uh, did you guys get Little Big Planet Two? Yep. Did you yep. get the co the collector's edition? I did. The, it was never sold here. Uh, I, I got the collector's edition, and it came with a Sackboy plush and two um, bookends, two Little Big Planet Two themed bookends, and. Um, Little Big Planet 3 also gives you a Sackboy plush, uh, but I found an article kind of showing a picture of about it, and it, it actually looks kind of retarded. Actually, let me let me send you guys a picture of the <laughs> Little Big Planet 3 plush, uh, the Sackboy plush. Um, it, it looks pretty ridiculous, and that's disappointing. I mean, the, the last one didn't look just like Sackboy either, but this guy looks kind of derpy. I must admit. Oh my god, I want it! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like me! No, it does not look like you, Ben. You have a giant zip down your front? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Don't, don't, uh, damn it, I my like secret's it. found out. What? Oh, wait, so you're an android? <laughs> are you gonna be Are you gonna be the next <laughs> character in Little Big Planet 4? <laughs> Is there gonna be a Ben in there? Sack Chili. Sack Chili. Um, Chili sack. <laughs> what uh, Destructoid.com says um, is that nothing about this free pre-order bonus Sackboy plushie looks bad, but he does look a bit world-weary and lifeless compared to his in-game counterpart. Uh, the same can be said for most of the initial lineup of Nintendo's Amiibo. I don't know what that has to do with Sackboy, but, you know, that's what Destructoid said. So, there it is. Um... If you're looking for a little Big Planet 3, just check the collector's edition before you buy it. I, I actually bought the collector's edition, and the my Sackboy plush is still sitting in his box in my closet down in Orlando. Um, and I really haven't bothered with him. I, I used the bookends for a little while to hold all my games together. But now I just keep them all in the box, because I'm always going back and forth between here and Orlando. Which is home for me. So... Um, Fraser, you are not stealing my Sackboy plush. Um, I, I've got a, a Sackboy from the developers. So. Oh, did you really? How'd you, how'd you pull that off? Uh, they were giving away some on YouTube, and I, they were giving away 100 for oh, the first okay. 100 people. So I got lucky and got one. There you go. I, I did a Sackboy stop motion animation. <laughs> That's amazing. You did? Yeah. You're going to have to show that to us. <laughs> Now that you said that, you're going to have to show that to us. Um, let's talk about PlayStation once more here. Um, the PlayStation experience is 
coming soon. It's going to be December 6th and 7th of this year at the Sands Expo and Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, good grief. We talk about hype a lot in the video game industry. And the truth is that a lot of hype for games is fan-generated. Uh, a, a lot of the time, the company, the developer, is not the one that generates the hype for the game. They'll publish a beta, or they'll publish uh, a couple trailers or someone, and everyone kind of freaks out and it becomes a thing. And that's how a lot of the hype is generated. In this case, Sony is directly trying to generate a lot of hype um, by using terms like crazy and out of control and a lot more where that came from. Um, basically, Sony is touting big, big, big things for the PlayStation experience in December, um, which concerns me in a way because when you build up a certain amount of hype, you get to a level where you don't live up to that hype. Um, however, considering the fact that the holidays have been a little slow for PlayStation as far as new releases, there's still bugs to fix, there's still server stuff to fix, especially as far as Drive Club. Um, I'm actually inclined to kind of believe that there are going to be some big surprises. We've already heard that a lot of uh, about a lot of the games that are going to be represented at the PlayStation Experience. Um, we're also told that there are going to be a lot of surprises, and so I'm I, I'm I kind of roll my eyes at the hype that they're generating themselves. But I am inclined to believe that the experience, the PlayStation Experience, is going to be a pretty big deal next month. Um, guys, we've talked about the. The, the PlayStation experience pretty vaguely on and off in the podcast. Um, do you think that it's going to be crazy and out of control? I think there's going to be one, if not two, major announcements at the event. That's specific. Any idea what, um, what those announcements will be? Or just kind of throwing a number out there? I, I have not. It's probably going to be... Uh, Games or it? I'm gonna go. Well, I'd assume it would be games, unless unless Morpheus. You know, that's a possibility. Well, well Morpheus is it's its first hands-on. Oh, okay. so. Sorry, I, I cut you off, Gary. What were you saying? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, a guess, a wild guess. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a price drop, a permanent price drop. <sighs> you know that would be nice because that would get a lot of people to buy playstations. That would be nice it's for Christmas. But or they might also announce uh, a bundle, a Vita and a PlayStation TV bundle. Well, that's, well, yeah, that's possible. But as far as the permanent price drop, that would just be such a bad move for Sony right now. Because right now they're in, a, they're in this golden place where they have an opportunity to really make a good profit off the PlayStation 4. And a price drop this soon? I mean, they'd start really taking some big losses. Microsoft's already doing that, but Microsoft is in a position where it can kind of bear the brunt of that for a little while. Um, Sony, I don't think Sony is. I mean, they can they can spend a lot on marketing because they're making enough in revenue, and, and so they can spend that, but as far as profit goes, they're just not making enough to do a permanent price drop yet. So I'm, I, that would be nice, but I don't think that's going to happen. They could easily drop the price of the PS4 and still make a lot of money per console. Permanently. Permanently, yeah. It, it, the cost uh, of the console is a little bit. It's quite a bit lower than it costs. The manufacturing is a lot lower than actually the selling price right now. As it was a year ago. Yeah, yeah. It's gone. The graphics, the, the memory's gone down in price. 
so and even when it came out a year ago, there were still there was still they they said the fact the reason why they priced it was so they could do price cuts when they needed it to. That's why they priced it at the price they did. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I, I still think I, I still think Sony would benefit more from keeping it where it is for a little while longer, not permanently, but a little while longer. Um, I I can see a three hundred dollar bundle announced. That's a little that's a little extreme, isn't it? A hundred dollar price drop right out of well, just a year later. We'll see. Microsoft's down to three hundred fifty, isn't it? At some temporarily. Places. Yeah, I temporarily. can see Sony going. In, might go insane and going down to like 325 or 300 permanently maybe maybe for a long time you know but maybe per- i don't know if it'll be permanent but i can see it happening well i don't know and they just won't price cut for europe so we we have to pay for the revenue right um this <laughs> <laughs> this reminds also, me also they did say that one of the big reveals at this experience is going to be a third party exclusive title so. Oh yeah, I mean, that's pretty. A big third-party exclusive title for PlayStation. There aren't usually a lot of third-party exclusives. I mean, Xbox will get a lot of third-party exclusives because, frankly, I don't know why Xbox's first-party studios don't turn out a lot of games. So they typically rely on third-party exclusivity, um, which is like fine. It's just how they work, but. Sony typically relies more heavily on its first-party studios. It's a little more rare for it to get a third-party one, so consider my interest peaked. But what would be, like, what would you think? Well, what would be a big enough game third-party? Well, I mean, the, they kind of frame it like it's going to be a new franchise or something like that. I don't know. I would love it to just be a twist and be like... Titanfall 2, now exclusive to PlayStation 4. <laughs> well, that would be irony. That would be a lot of irony right there. Um, <laughs> Fraser, you've been pretty quiet so far. Any, any thoughts on this? I didn't want to interrupt, so... <laughs> Just, do you hear uh, how, many, how many times these people have interrupted me so far? Well, I'm actually <laughs> going to agree with you, because I definitely 100%, 110% don't see Sony dropping the PS4 in price. No. Why would they? They have no reason to. They, well, I mean, they, actually, not until at least E3, if not even after that, because they've sold, what, 14 million consoles? Actually, I, I think that Xbox is in a pretty strong position for the holidays. So if With anything, what, a buggy Halo? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, has little, it has less to do with Halo than it does to do with just them selling consoles. Like, Halo, Halo just happened. It, Xbox is doing a lot of things really well right now, and Halo is just kind of one thing that's happening. I mean, they've cut the price. They've um, for that the holiday- price that price drop isn't in Europe no, or the UK. No, I did find that out. It's not. In, it's not in the UK. I, I think it's in Europe. It's just not in the UK. Um, which kind of sucks for the UK. They kind of shafted you there but quite frankly the uk has been getting a lot of different price drops in the first place so i guess they figured you know why waste a lot more money when they're gonna do price drops there anyway um i don't know that's possible um but i think that xbox is pretty strong right now not suit not it's not to the point that it's legitimately passing the playstation 4 yet but 
what we're getting is that PlayStation... Actually, I have an article here I was going to talk about in just a bit. Might as well talk about it now. Um, U.S. Xbox One sales have tripled since the price drop, according to Microsoft. Um, and this is pretty significant because Microsoft has been pretty tight-lipped about its progress as far as sales units. The Xbox One has been selling really well out of the get-go, but it hasn't been doing PlayStation 4 numbers. And so they've been really tight-lipped because they don't want... It makes sense, you know, if, if you're a company. Why would you want to come out there and say, hey, we're doing worse than the competition? That doesn't really make sense. So um, they've finally spoken. And... Um, what they say is that Xbox One has led Generation 8 console sales in the U.S. for the past fortnight. Uh, for those of you keeping track at home, a fortnight is two weeks, uh, 14 days. And that the company is nearing 10 million Xbox One sold in to retailers. Um, Microsoft cites its figures are based on internal data. This quote comes from IGN.com. Um, so, by the way, sold in, there's a difference between sold in and sold through. Um, sold through means the console gets from the manufacturer all the way to the customer who sits there, puts it on their system, on their entertainment center, boots it up and plays games. Sold in means it has been sold to retailers and not yet sold to customers. So this is 10 million Xbox Ones sold in to retailers, not sold through to, uh, to uh, consumers. Fraser, you keep typing on Skype, man. Just speak. What's on your mind? Um, well, you know how you were saying it led for two weeks? The PS4 still outsold it. Well, we're gonna we're actually going to get to um, NPD figures in just a bit, but I will say that these past two weeks have not been included in the current NPD figures, so we don't know how the PlayStation 4 has done, unless there's been a statement elsewhere that I've missed. There, we don't know. got to wait till the end of November, but yeah, we'll have to wait. We we don't know how the PlayStation 4 has done in comparison over the last two weeks. This is just for um, October. Um, so Xbox has been doing pretty well. They announced this price drop on, I believe, the 27th. Was it? Uh, so in the U.S. And, and a bunch of other places around the world, uh, not the U.K., unfortunately, um, $50 off in the U.S. The promotion ends January 3rd. If you want an Xbox One, follow everyone else, apparently, and, and get one now. Triple the sales. Um, not total sales, but I'm guessing week-to-week -week sales. Um, tripled since the price drop. So... Um, not to mention the fact that the white Xbox One has come out, and whenever a unique model has come out, um, and, and it's bundled with Sunset Overdrive with a, with a free game at that for $350, $50 less than it was before, I mean, by any standard, that's a pretty good deal. You know, and, and so people have been picking that up like crazy, and the, the, white, the white Sunset Overdrive bundle can't stay on shelves. Every time I go in the game store, I, we get, um, I see people coming in and asking about it, and, and the manager or whoever's behind the desk is saying, sorry, we don't have any right now. Like, the thing's been sold out, and I don't know if that's due to the fact that there isn't much stock or to the fact that there's just high demand or some kind of combination of both, but either way, these can't stay on the shelves. And so Xbox One over the past couple of weeks have, has actually been doing really well. So PlayStation could be kind of reacting to that and saying, I mean, if they do something like this, they could kind of be like, you know, we really want to keep our lead where it is. You know, um, they could just be saying, we are in a good place and we're going to try not to lose that right now. If they were to do something like a price drop.
I guess I just dropped the mic. There is silence. <laughs> no, I, I was actually just looking up something. Like, comparing UK-wise, there's a far, far, far better bundles for a PlayStation 4 than the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Like, game-wise, you get a lot more games, you get a lot more quality with your your bundle, and just price-wise, is lower. See, the UK has been interesting, though, because... I mean, they've been doing their own prices, their own bundles, their own everything, um, which I guess kind of might point to why the $350 thing is not happening in the UK right now. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any of these bundles here in the US for PlayStation. There have been relatively few. The, the only one I've seen so far is, I think, Destiny. I, I don't know if there are any others. Drive Club might have one, but I haven't seen it, any on shelves. It's a good deal. Uh, Y Xbox One, Sunset Overdrive, Forza Five, Halo M- Halo Master Chief Collection, three hundred and seventy pounds. That, that's really good. Yeah, that's actually really good. You got what? What games? You got Forza Horizon Two. Forza Five. Oh, Forza Five. Sorry. Game of the Year Edition, Sunset Overdrive, Halo Master Chief Collection, Halo Console Decal Set. And the Y Xbox One for three hundred and seventy pounds. So you get the unique Xbox One. You get three games. You get a Halo decal set for still like thirty pounds less than the original retail price. That's remarkable. That's really yeah. good. Um, uh, yeah, that's the best deal. That's the best deal. Okay. Yeah. So um, if you want an Xbox One, guys, uh, again, now's the time. Um, unless you're in the UK or Australia. It's not in Australia either. So well, even if you're in the UK, that's a UK deal right there. Oh, that's a UK deal. Oh, of course, you're in the UK. What yeah. am I talking about? Um, so 10 million Xbox Ones, ne- nearing 10 million Xbox Ones sold into retailers. Um, that's really good. So we were talking some time ago about whether or not the Xbox One will pass the PlayStation 4 um, in month-to-month sales. Um, at some point during the holidays. If that's to happen at all, then November could be the month. November could be the month the streak comes to an end. Um, (laughs) I've been a wrestling fan for way too long. Um, (laughs) Although, to tell the truth, PlayStation's lead over the Xbox One was so vast, it's also entirely possible that despite these this spike in sales for the Xbox One, PlayStation 4 still comes out on top because it's not like people are just not buying PlayStation 4s, you know. Xbox One seems to be having a stronger holiday, but people are still buying the PS4, believe me. So it'll be an interesting, um, a month from now maybe, it'll be an interesting NPD results podcast that we'll have for you. I'm you might even to. be surprised if Nintendo wins. That's possible. I mean... You know? People will buy that whole console just for that one game. For Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. yeah I but, will want just for Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, but will enough people buy it to unseat Xbox or PlayStation for that matter? I, I, so, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. Because it's, it's one game. It's and one it's game. a huge game that has a huge fan base. And is also available on the 3DS. But not all the modes. You can't... I'm not going to go out and buy a console just because my game on the 3DS is missing a couple modes. I, I might. <laughs> well, you're well, you're you're special. You're you're Ben. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, would would the average consumer, would the average gamer, 
go out and buy a console just because the game that he already has on one system is missing a few modes. But most people don't have that 3DS. That's the thing. The, most people don't have the 3DS? If, if they don't have the 3DS, they want the Wii U version because it's the superior version. Yeah, that's another that's yeah. a reason they could. But what I'm saying is there aren't enough reasons to go out and buy this game. Um, or to let me rephrase, to buy a console for this game. Um, that would make it pass either Xbox One or the PlayStation 4 in sales. I don't know. N Nintendo has surprised a lot of people in the past with, with, with just one game and what it can do for them. So, Well, even Mario Kart 8 was on top for the longest time, well, in the top for the longest time. And it, you know, Wii U still didn't pass anybody. Not here, it did in Japan. Well, it did in Japan, but we're not in Japan. We're in the we're in the West. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Japan's a different animal where gaming's concerned, isn't it? It's true. So yeah. I, I'm not. I don't think anyone's surprised that it that it kicked butt in Japan. But um, Nintendo probably. Nintendo maybe. Okay. Um. Well, speaking of the Wii U, let's talk about it real quick. Uh, Sonic Boom is... I, I actually told these guys earlier I'd like to talk about the Wii U some more, but there just isn't that much going on with the Wii U lately. Um, Sonic Boom came out not too long ago, Sonic Boom Rise of the Lyric, and apparently it sucks. Um, yeah, don't buy it. Unsurprising to nobody. So, well, here's this. I found this intre this interesting article on PixelDynamo.com, and it says, uh, let me just read this first paragraph here. Occasionally a game comes along that is so broken that you can't help but think, how did they not know the horror they were creating? For one such game, Sonic Boom, Rise of the Lyric, the answer seems to be they did know. The game released around a week ago was immediately found to be full of game-breaking bugs and glitches, masking layers of mediocre and just plain boring content. Clearly, many of the team at Big Red Button Entertainment, Rise of the Lyrics developer, knew how bad the game was as they all decided to leave the company before it was released. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a, there's a tweet from someone named at Dr. Cupcakes, or Dr. Underscore Cupcakes. He says, looks like Bid Red Button had begun to fall apart long before the release of Sonic Boom. Many employees left it in July, not looking good. Six months before the game was released, a large number of Big Red Button staff left the company voluntarily. Um, no bad, um, the article says that there appears to be no bad blood between the ex-staff members in the company. It's not certain that they left because of Rise of Lyric, but the fact that many decided to leave right around the same time as the game was being created, that's just too much to be a coincidence. I don't know, guys. Like, that, that is a pretty specific time to have an exodus from the video game company. Um, <laughs> what do you think is going on? At least the TV show is good. At least the TV... Is it really? I haven't seen it. I've been told it's good. I haven't got around to actually watching myself, but a lot of people were like, well, at least the TV show's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gary, I think you were about to say something, too. Uh, I think it's directly the result of that game, of them all leaving. 
Um, it, it's either that or the studio is going to go under because of this game. Mm -hmm. uh, so may as well leave rather than go under, I guess, for a lot of people. Uh, it, it, it maybe it comes down to Sega. You know, Sega's the publisher. Sega knew had to. They had to know what was going on with the game if it was this bad. Mm. And but decided to go with it anyway. So last I heard is that um, <laughs> this game came out, or, or this whole redesign of all the characters and whatnot came out despite Sonic Team. Um, I, last I heard, Sonic Team was not necessarily in favor of all of this redesigning and all of this new stuff that they did. So um, don't blame Sonic Team. This is Big Red Button. Um, and I, I kind of agree. I think there had to be something. I mean, for everyone to leave at that time, right before a game that's so broken, uh, if, if it's as broken as they described, comes out, I mean, something had to have happened. Uh, there was some kind, There must have been some kind of disagreement. There had to be some kind of uh, a screw-up somewhere that just ticked everybody off and was like, you know, I'm out of here. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's just, that's just crazy. Ben, Frazier? Oh, well, Frazier, you already said something, right? Or you have anything else to say? No, really. Uh, ben can go. Okay. All I want to say is the fact that if, if you do want to buy if you still buy it, Play as Knuckles, because you can beat the whole game without doing anything. Mm -hmm. You can beat the whole game without fighting the final boss. Really? Yeah, literally do everything in the entire game without uh, anything. You can uh, do a gliding glitch, which will allow you to glide across the entire levels without doing anything. You, you, told, to... you told me something else about the game earlier, about its length. How long is this game? Well, no, th that's with the gliding glitch. Oh, that's with the gliding glitch? Yeah, that's with the gliding glitch. And how long does it take to beat with the gliding glitch? Uh, about 55 minutes. Oh, brilliant. If you use the gliding glitch and skip everything. So, a while ago, I read an IGN review of the Sonic the Hedgehog game from 2006. I read the first paragraph or so. And it compared playing Sonic the Hedgehog to dying in a pit of boiling lava. <laughs> And I am just curious about what if the same reviewer gets his hands on this game, what he has to say. I mean, that's this game sounds like a complete waste of money. Fraser, you said that you have something to say on Skype here. What, what's that? I th uh, from what I've seen with people like comparing it, they, the, it seems to be a game that suffers from the vertical slice gameplay that seems to be plaguing the industry quite well. What kind of gameplay? The vertical slice, where it's, you know, they, they show off something and it looks fantastic and then the game releases, you're just like, eh? mm -hmm. You know, a good game to compare it to would be Alien, Colonial Marines. Oh, okay. So yeah, what Ubisoft that... does all the time with Assassin's Creed. What Ubisoft does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, with at least Aliens and Colonial Marines, it's not, it's fun glitches. I mean, I loved that Dancing Alien glitch. That was amazing. The Alien Isolation was good. You know, I, I want to say that Sega knew what was going on with this game, but the fact that they didn't know what was going on with Aliens, Colonial Marines, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. If they had no idea what was happening with Sonic Boom. Right. But but like <laughs> Sonic's like Sega's little baby. <laughs> I think they would take a little sort of input, just go right. Uh, so how's the game coming along? Oh, okay, that's good. Or like right, that's right. Change. So Sega needs management change. <laughs> Sega seems to have these amazing games, 
that they never want to release outside of Japan. But yet all the crappy ones, they're like, oh, let's send them out. We're, we'll make a lot of money with these crappy games. But their <laughs> best games, the they keep in Japan. I don't get it. It's horrible. By the way, PlayStation 4 reached its first birthday yesterday. Um, yes, today's Sunday, so yesterday, the 15th of happy November. Happy birthday! So Whoa. happy birthday to PlayStation 4. Hooray! Um, Xbox One, your birthday is coming up soon, too. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition has some DLC coming out, um, of course, after its sometime after its launch. Um... And the developer said that it's going to have some exclusive content for the Xbox temporarily. Um, they're they're doing the whole first on Xbox thing where the where the DLC comes to Xbox before it comes to PlayStation Four. Um, it says back at E three, Microsoft announced that um, it would have quote premiere add on content coming to console first on Xbox, um, but it didn't really share too much about it, and. Basically, what they're saying now is that having this um, temporarily exclusive content has helped them, quote, get content out earlier than we normally would, which is interesting. Uh, here's what they had to say. Um, this was Bioware's uh, Edmonton general manager. His name is Aaron Flynn, and he was being interviewed by Larry Herb, uh, Major Nelson. He said, it's great for us to be able to bring out additional content for Dragon Age. Even though it's a really big game, there's always new opportunities in the universe to tell more stories and to present interesting new things. It's nice because this helps us get our content out earlier than we normally would, so that's exciting. I can't talk about the little details of what you're going to do in this adventure yet, but it is pretty cool. I think people are going to appreciate it as even more to do in the Dragon Age universe, especially inside Inquisition. Um, Dual Sh this is from Dual Shockers that I'm reading it, and Dual Shockers says that the premiere content is going to be an adventure, which is much better than nothing. Um, what do you think about this? Is, is there something to this idea that having content exclusive to one system, either, either PS4 or Xbox One, makes it easier to get new content out? I thought that died last gen. What died last gen? This whole, well, I... To be honest, Call of Duty started, it was like, first on Xbox 360 for a month, and it's like, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. No, have you heard? Have you not been hearing about Destiny? Xbox people be mad, yo. <sighs> <laughs> yes! I, I love it. I love it, Glenn. What, you like my black scent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 10 out of 10. Best, best 10 out of 10. Best black scent ever. No, um, like they were literally faking problems with the game and returning it to Microsoft. Like, they'd call and be like, oh yeah, this is broken, I want a refund. And Microsoft would be like, uh, okay. And so, <laughs> they were getting... <laughs> just expecting someone at Microsoft just, alright, I'll take it today, not right, tomorrow. sure. Yeah, no, they, um, until finally someone was, someone actually told them, yeah, you know, they misrepresented this game and I'm upset and Microsoft was like, okay, what you're doing is illegal and we're investigating this and whatnot. So, yeah, people, these people are mad. These people are upset. Again, they were upset before and then they weren't upset. And now they're upset again about the same thing. You mad, bruh? <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's literally, I think the best argument was what Gary said, is that, you know, you have to pay the same price and you're still not getting all of the content. 
But that's not what people are saying. People are just mad that it's going to PS4, and <laughs> which is just ridiculous. But yeah, no, this whole thing about, you know, first on Xbox or first on PlayStation, that's still a thing. I think Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs had it, Destiny has it, Destiny still has it. The DLC is going to have exclusive PS4 stuff for a little while. Um, and now Dragon Age Inquisition is going to go the Xbox One route. Um, okay, for, they announced this back at E3, so it's not a surprise. No. Um, to, to me, uh, from what they said, that it's easier to release the content, uh, I actually agree with that, because you really focus on one uh, console instead of focusing on three, if you count the PC, um, and try to get it all worked out and programmed and everything to release simultaneously on all three. Mm -hmm. um, you can just focus on the one, get it done, and then, I guess, port it over while, when you're ready to go for the other consoles. But then again, I also want to say be careful if you're going to do that because Skyrim was the perfect example of how that worked out for Bethesda. I don't want to talk about Bethesda. When they try... No, I'm just saying when they try to port over the DLC content they released uh, to the PS3. They built it for Xbox. They Like, they built it for Xbox, which is... I don't... It's fine if they build it for Xbox, but a game of that size... It makes far more sense to build it for the PC and then port it to Xbox and PS3. Not to build it on Xbox and then port it to the PS PS3, which, by the way, has a much more complicated system than the Xbox 360 did. Um, it makes so much more sense to build it for the PC and then port it to those two than build it for the Xbox and then port it to PS3 and PC. Because Xbox players had bugs and glitches, but not as far as I saw. Okay, as far as I saw, not nearly as game-breaking as on both PC and PS4, um, PS3. Uh, the PS3, uh, the PC people could fix it because they could mod and they could access the code and stuff. PS3 people had were screwed. Yes, I, I mean, it took over a year to get that content on PS3. Because they, they even said it themselves, they had no idea how to get it on there. They had no idea how, they, how what was wrong and why they couldn't get it. Retarded. I don't like so, Bethesda. So, so when it comes to this, yes, I agree with what he said. It is easier because you're only focusing on one. But I also want to say be careful because if you port it over, it's going to be ported over with a lot of bugs and glitches. Mm -hmm. And I think they know that. Yeah. So the, the good news is that this generation, the Xbox One and the PS4, are, are similar enough. They have the same kind of architecture. So porting it is not nearly as difficult as it was last generation. You don't, you don't have the PS3 sitting around with the cell processor going, look at me, I'm really powerful, but really difficult to develop for. Um, yeah, the cell processor really hurts, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that, it did. Um, <laughs> Fraser is slightly offended that you said, if you count the PC. <laughs> See, I, always, I, think, I, think I that, shake my fist at you. I think I'm, I'm talking about when it comes to porting. I don't see why you should ever port anything to PC when it should be made on the PC first and then move to the console. Technically, games are made on the PC because that's how yeah. developers make exactly. the made. And as far as I know, Inquisition was made on the PC first. Because you have to develop your assets and the the engine and everything on a PC screen and the PC case and all that, yet they go, oh, it was developed for Xbox 360. How? Well, I know you have your development kit there, but it's like it, it's built 
on a PC because you have to, you know, make your assets and build your models, build your world. The physical hardware that the game is actually on is, is different from, you know, because with the, with the development kit and the developer stuff, you know, you design with one system in mind, you know, that it doesn't really matter if you're, if you're physically on a PC, you're still developing for the Xbox. So you're using Xbox code, Xbox setup, Xbox software, Xbox everything, and you're not really developing for the PC user, for the PC game. So it, it, is, it is pretty different. Um, also, Fraser, I think that you have a master plan to just make me your narrator or something, because he, keep, he keeps typing in Skype and then leaving it to me to like narrate what he says. I just don't want to interrupt. <laughs> He's so polite. Um, which reminds me, dude, how are you healing up? Uh, well, on Monday, the physio decided to strap my back up, so... Okay. I, I pretty much was a robot for the day. Good. Who, but, who, doesn't, who doesn't want to be a robot for the day? But uh, it's healing, but still pretty painful to move and all stuff and one of my workplaces now thinks I'm lying even though I have two doctors and a physio you know it's like yeah I just got two doctors to lie for me clearly kind of ticked off of that but yeah the little things I have other things to concern myself with people are weird man people are weird um let's move forward this is taking a while so I'm going to speed through this a little bit here um by the way look for Dragon Age Gary has played it and says it's incredible. So I'm actually probably going to get it on Xbox One. Just like I've always said that I'm for multi-platform games, I'll probably go PS4 for the slightly better performance and the fact that most of my friends are on PS4. But I kind of want to try out whatever DLC they have if it's like adventure stuff. If it's not like Aww. DLC. So you're not going to play with us online, Glenn? Why would I care about the online? You said it was like Mass Effect. I didn't care about Mass Effect's online. No, it's like Diablo. No, it's like that. I, I've never even played that. It's a dungeon crawler. Each time you... Gary, you can probably describe it better than me. Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's just like... It's just good. Ben said, it's a dungeon crawler, and you're just like, it's a dungeon crawler. <laughs> you sounded just like... No, that's not what I meant. You've had a bad experience. Uh, <laughs> dungeon crawlings. I'm not a huge fan of dungeon crawlers, but no, I, I have no... I have no ill will toward dungeon crawlers. Um, <laughs> this comes from Gizmodo. Um, Oculus Rift started it. Uh, Sony jumped on the bandwagon with Project Morpheus. Now Samsung is creating the Gear VR Innovator Edition. It's coming in early December. Uh, December. December. <laughs> um, <laughs> with mobile devices in mind. Um, it's really for the Galaxy Note 4. Um, it's, I mean, you can, you're basically turning your phone into a headset. And Oculus, it, it's built on the Oculus SDK, so it, Oculus had some kind of hand in its creation. Um, so you can play your mobile phone games and with, with your VR headset from Samsung, your Samsung Gear. Um, I, I'm a little mystified, like... <laughs> you and me both, man. I mean... I want it. People are already brain dead enough. They 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 use their phones while they're driving. You know, they use their phones while they're walking. Can you imagine adding a VR headset to that mix? Like, let's block their eyes entirely. That's a good move. The the thing is, the price is a bit 
Oh, because obviously you need uh, it's a Note, isn't it? Is there any other phones that works with it? Is S5? Does that work? I'm not sure. For the S5? It Does says, it work with S5? It says for the Galaxy Note 4. Mm. It'll probably Could, work with other phones too, but it seems like it, they're just focusing on the Note 4. The Note 4, bought out of contract, usually is costing around £450-odd. And oh, then I saw... Yeah. Yeah, and I saw that the the VR headset's about priced at two hundred dollars. So you're talking about one hundred eighty to at least two hundred pounds. So you're talking like almost six hundred and fifty pounds to have a he- a VR headset. Mm-hmm. I know the Oculus is probably going to be like four hundred, but that's all encompassing. But like well, to have this, you need to pay a, like half a grand to get it. <laughs> well, you can also buy phones on contracts. I mean, I'm on AT and T. Um, UK, I know, has Vodafone, which is basically Verizon in the UK. Um, for so not the other way around? We have know. Vodafone. That's what I said. You have Vodafone. You said we had Verizon in the UK. You have Vodafone, which is like Verizon in the UK. Ah. Which is like the, the US has Verizon. You have Vodafone, and they're like the same. Okay. Okay. On the same page. All right. So here's the thing with the Gear VR headset. Um, it's designed for the Note 4, and it comes... Um, automatically with a number of apps that you get to, to use with your new piece of technology. Please don't use it while you're walking or driving. Like, don't be stupid, okay? Don't make me have to come find you because that would be really inconvenient for me you're right now. You're asking humanity not to be stupid. <sighs> I know. It's, it's <laughs> Hello, Glad. Um, <laughs> um, it says, okay, so you get Oculus Home, so you get like a, a special home screen for your VR um, which includes a Samsung section, section. It doesn't say what that entails. Uh, you got the Oculus Store, which is an app that lets you browse and download new content from the Oculus platform. You get Oculus Cinema, so it's a VR movie theater and cinema where you can watch your favorite movies in an immersive virtual environment as opposed to, you know, a, a TV screen. Um, you also get Oculus 360 photos and videos. Um, all it says is, quote, to be immersed in 360-degree videos and panoramas like never before. There's nothing like spinning around in circles while you cannot see what's around you. But um, obviously, I think you can tell I'm a little skeptical of this technology. Um, can also go on Facebook. can also go on Facebook. <laughs> it actually it doesn't even say that, but I'm sure that's an option. Just but, arrives and people are just like, why is there no Facebook? Exactly. So dumb with life. I, I thought of an awesome feature that that phone needs. I I just thought of it while you were talking about it. Uh, what? I, I thought of the greatest feature in the world. A goat simulator. Oh, no. That that'd be even more amazing. But I didn't oh. think about that. Okay. Uh, I was thinking as you know the they talk about theater mode. Yes. While you're watching the cinema, you'll eventually while you're watching a movie, occasionally that you'll hear uh, people on phones. And then occasionally you'll see people throwing popcorn at you in, in full virtual reality. <laughs> It'd be like being at the cinema, only. There you go. More annoying. It'd uh, so be like being at the cinema. You can strap like a, a, a vibrating pad to your back to simulate a little kid kicking the back of your chair. Well, every so often the screen just shakes a little bit. Where you've Usually been that kid not- ends up flying out of the cinema because I put their mm, out. Okay, so remind me never to go to the movies with Frasier. No, it means you have a good experience, so you can actually enjoy the film instead of being booted in the back every two seconds. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, when I'm at cinema, I'm a bit like Sheldon. I spend like five minutes looking for the correct seat that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, uh, okay. Yes. 
So that's our that's our tech section. Yeah, I'm the same way with seats at movie theaters, but I usually look for that. You know how a lot of movie theaters have um, that like you have right down in the very front, and then it goes up a bit, and then yeah. you have the seats going up and toward the back. Yeah. There's like a little part where that begins with a railing, and I like to sit in the row right behind that so I can put my foot up on the railing. That's pretty cool. Good idea. I like to go try and go in the middle. That way I can see the whole screen as much yeah, as possible. There you go. I was disappointed when I got to watch the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games in the movie theater, because we watched it in IMAX, and we got there kind of late. So we sat like in the front on the side, and the, the filming in that movie, I don't know. I think whoever they gave the camera to had epilepsy or something like that, because you it would just be a still shot, and I... I'm getting a crick in my neck from trying to turn my head every which way just to see this person's non-moving face. Ridiculous. Um, so that's our that's our tech part, and it's finally time to talk about some NPD results. So let's take a look real quick at Adam's tweet that I mentioned earlier. Um, okay, so this is interesting. Um, 38 minutes ago, since we started recording... We got two new tweets from Shifty, at Shifty25. He says, um, he's addressing me. I don't know why, but he says, Glenn, people argue over consoles solely due to personal opinion. It's like Apple versus Android, Ford versus Chevy. Both have pros and cons, but people will always argue their choice was the better choice because they need something to justify their purchase. I think that's stupid, but it is reality. Reality kind of sucks that way. But, yeah, it, it, it is kind of dumb. Honestly, I don't care what console or phone or, or ramen noodles you like, you know. It, it's just, anyway. But thank you for the tweets. Good timing, by the way. Um, Adam Duffield, he had to say, October NPD figures show PS4 winning October, making it 10 months straight. What do you guys think, um, who do you guys think has November? My guess is the Xbox One. Did we talk about that already? I know we were kind of touching on that subject. Uh, we touched on it. We didn't say what we think is going to take it. Okay, so who do you think is going to take it? Uh, I'm I'm going to go... I'm still going to go with PS4 this month. PS4 this month? Be uh, ben? The Wii U. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Wii U. For, um, for what? For... Um, Smash Brothers, right? Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. And Fraser. Uh, PS4. PS4. <sighs> it's a tr it's, it's a tricky month, man. It's a tricky month. It's a really tricky month because Xbox has kind of turned it up a little bit for now. Um, yeah. They've had some really good sales figures, and Microsoft's comfortable enough to to kind of express them publicly now, which is a good sign. Well, to a point, they, they, they're kind of uh, using interesting words to kind of confuse people, in my opinion. You know, they, they 10 million sold to retailers. Sold you know? in? Well, I mean... It, that's, it, it's, that's... It's, it's the small words that people don't don't really catch. Right? If I went to somebody who saw the, that, that what Microsoft said, to them, that's like, oh, they sold 10 million. Yeah. You know, they're not going to catch that small thing. But sold in and sold through are legitimate 
industry terminology. No, I understand that, but they've never used that terminology before. I think they I have. have. Is it? No, but when it comes to MPDs, I haven't heard any of the three companies use that kind of term before. Oh, this wasn't on NPD. This was not on NPD. This was Microsoft's own statement. Either way, I've never heard uh, any of those three big companies say it that way. It's always, this is how much we've sold through this month. Um, I think it really started happening back when there was a little argument about, you know, um, Xbox sold 5 million consoles to retailers or something like that. Like the whole shipped versus sold thing. I saw Sony use it a couple times. They were very specific in saying sold through. And I remember because um, we worked for PlayStation Universe, by the way. Um, Mike wrote an article and I misunderstood when he said sold through. I thought it was a typo and I didn't recognize that he was trying to use the industry term. And then he was like, no, that's really what it is. It's sold through. So, no, Sony has definitely used it before. Um, I don't know if Xbox has used it before. Um, Uh, Yeah, well, they said shipped. Yeah, they said shipped. So yeah. that would be sold in. Yeah, which is the same. It's yeah. different. They just didn't use that term. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, if you if you aren't familiar with industry terminology, it can absolutely be a little misleading. But I know that they have used it before in some form. Um, for me, I'm going to give it to Xbox One for November. And it hurts to do so because I really like this generation to, to go to PlayStation because Xbox had... It unlock most of the last generation. Um, and it's nice to see Sony kind of coming into its own. It, it's kind of an underdog in that, you know, as a, as a company, as a whole, it's not doing as well financially as Microsoft. Um, so I'd like to see Sony succeed here um, and, and go back to the, the glory days of the PlayStation 2. But just by the fact that Xbox has been selling so well, just by the fact... And, and, this is, of course, assuming that Microsoft has the right information because this is due to this is coming from Microsoft's own internal data. Don't forget that. Um, but assuming that it's true, if they have been leading sales for the past quote fortnight for the past two weeks, then they have a good shot at taking this because, I mean, Xbox has um, some more to to kind of tout over the holidays. Um, there are some multi-platform games. But as far as exclusives, I mean, they've got Sunset Overdrive. Xbox gamers are looking forward to the Halo Master Chief Collection, which I heard is buggy. Um, I have it, but I haven't played it that much yet. My housemate's been playing that, playing it for me. It, um, it's very buggy. It's very buggy. Uh, the split screen is completely unplayable, pretty much. Oh, that's a shame. Because uh, it will drop the frame rates by a lot. I've, and the game will just have a lot of skin, screen tear on play. I noticed that. I noticed some frame rate drops. Um, so that's a shame. But, I mean, there's just, as far as things that they can promote, and they have the price drop, and they have the, the, the white console, they, they just have so much going for them right now that can drive their sales forward, whereas PlayStation is relatively quiet. I mean, I, I guess they're kind of focusing on, the, on, on fixing Drive Club. They're focusing on setting up the PlayStation experience. Obviously, they don't want to spill the beans before the PlayStation experience next month. So my guess is that they're just kind of holding their horses to announce the big stuff. In it. But right now, Xbox kind of has this month on lock with, with all the stuff coming out. So I think that um, November is going to go to the Xbox One. I really do. Um, but anyway, let's check out the NPD results for October. 
Um, first, let me find the NPZ results for October. Okay, here we go. Um, I love doing the, the, the NPD results. It's my favorite kind of podcast. Uh, it, for what it's easy content for me, for, for us who, who, who come up with the stuff that we talk about here. Um, but it's also just kind of fun to see where everything stands. So here we go. This is for October 2014. Um, overall retail sales are down less than 1% from last year. Um, which actually doesn't surprise me because at this point, um, in October, everyone was kind of gearing up for the new consoles to come out. So everyone at that point was kind of like, okay, save your money. We're going to get some new consoles in a month. So I guess I would have expected there to be a, a little fewer sales. Um, software was also down 28% since last year. However, hardware is up 59% since last year. Uh, remember, this is October, and the new consoles came out in November, so November is going to be really interesting in that regard. Um, quick note from NPD Group, Xbox One, PS4, and Wii U hardware made up 80% of the money spent on game-related products in October. So hardware is flying. Um, here's the software. Um, now remember, the, the way NPD kind of lists this is, is they'll list the game, and then they'll list a bunch of consoles. And they'll list the consoles in order from the highest selling to the least selling. Um, Alright, so here we go. Number one, NBA 2K15 for PS4, then Xbox One, then 360, then PS3, then PC. Uh, Super Smash Brothers for 3DS takes number two for the 3DS, of course. Um, number three, The Evil Within for PS4, then Xbox One, then PS3, then 360, then PC. Borderlands the pre-sequel for 360, then PS3, then PC. Destiny for 360, then Xbox One, then PS4, then PS3. Skylanders Trap Team for 360, Wii, Wii U, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, 3DS, and then mobile. FIFA 15 for PS4, 360, PS3, Xbox One, Wii, PS Vita, and then 3DS. Madden NFL 15 for 360, then PS4, then PS3, then Xbox One. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. PS4, then Xbox One, then PC, and finally at number 10, Minecraft, for P, uh, for 360, then PS3, and then PS4. Um, some quick notes on those. The Evil Within was the highest-selling first month of sales for new survival horror IP. Um, another quick note on Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive is notably missing from this top 10 list. Um, don't forget that the NPD results omit the bundles. So bundles are not included in NPD software results. And Xbox One had a really significant bundle because you could get the, um, the game, you could get Sunset Overdrive for free alongside a special white Xbox One. And as I said before, that white Xbox One has been having trouble staying on shelves. So it's entirely possible um, that Sunset Overdrive does fit somewhere on this list. However... Because of the bundle, we will never know for sure. Um, it is a good game. It's been getting excellent reviews everywhere. However, it is not on this list, perhaps due to the bundle. Um, let me read the note verbatim just so you know what NPD had to say. Sunset Overdrive. Microsoft, meanwhile, probably isn't sure what to think of Sunset Overdrive yet. The Xbox One exclusive open world action game was on sale for four days in October. 
but it didn't crack the top 10. It did come in at number 9 if you count games by SKU, meaning only the PS4 version of NBA 2K15 and the Xbox One version of The Evil Within, and of course none of these sales include the bundled version of Sunset Overdrive that comes with the white Xbox One. Um, I'm not sure what it means by, you know, counting games by SKU, but that's what it says. Um, Smash did around 495,000 units this month, and it is now over 1.2 million between digital and physical sales in the United States alone. Um, so that's the top 10. There's also a new thing here, but I'll get to that in just a moment. What do you think of the top 10 so far? It's... Not surprising. I think the, the only big surprise on there is Mordor. Shadow of Mordor is still in the top 10, which I think is awesome because it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, PS4 and then Xbox One and then PC. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not surprised. But I'm not surprised Sunset Overdrive is not on there. I mean, it was only out for four days. Mm-hmm. I think that game will see a higher result if it did sell well uh, without the console for November. Um. Uh, another one missing, I, a big notable one, was Bayonetta 2 uh, for the Wii U. But that one, to me, is also not surprising. The game is a very niche title. Uh, even when it, when the first game came out on the 360 and PS3, it wasn't the big seller they wanted it to be. Uh, it's, it's actually probably going to be the game of the year for a lot of critics. I think it's now the highest rated game of the year. Um, but... It, the sales just aren't there for it. Mm-hmm. It's also really good quality because you get you get what you get Bayonetta One as well, don't you? Yes, you get the first game for free yeah. as well. If you buy the Is second. that not only if you buy the premium edition though? I can't remember. I'm sure that's only if you buy it because it's like ten pound more. Yeah, I have I no the ten quid more though for a completely remade Bayonetta. It's, it's like feel it's free. Because of how, how buggy and glitchy and the frame rates were on the PS3 version. Uh, I don't mind paying an extra but, 10 if it worked. But other than that, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, well, actually, I, I'd say Smash Brothers being at number two is a surprise. I would easily have taken that as a number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being on the 3DS, uh, selling, what was it, 490000 495000 495000 on the 3DS is fantastic. And you know, 1.2 million total sales now. Um, I can't even imagine what it's going to do on the Wii U. And listen, that's just in the U.S. Oh, that's just the U.S. Wow. So I can't even imagine what it will do on on the Wii U. So I think that Super Smash Brothers is at number two because people are waiting for the Wii U version. Yeah. So when it comes to games, I won't be surprised if Smash Brothers is the number one selling game mm-hmm. in November. Watch. I bet Ben's going to be right. And the Wii U is going to outsell everything. Next <laughs> um, I found I found something else um, that kind of made me raise my eyebrows a bit. Um, number five, Destiny. Um, the order was 360, then Xbox One, then PS4, then PS3. Um, that was surprising to me. It's it's selling the most on the 360 as far as a standalone copy. Anyway, don't forget that the Destiny bundle, the white bundle, uh, the bundle with the white PS4, excuse me, is still out for sale. And a lot of people are still buying it. So it's entirely possible that PS4 is somewhere higher up on that rank. Um, but I was still really surprised to see that the 360 outsold it on the, um, over the Xbox One. Um, um, sorry to interrupt you. It's also worth noting that uh, Bungie, I think today actually, or maybe yesterday, 
announced that one in every five copies sold of Destiny was sold digitally as well. So mm-hmm. that's not that's, counting digital sales. Well, yeah, NPD doesn't count digital either. So oh, NPD does not count digital. No. no, I see. Okay, so so in that case, these numbers are are kind of worthless in a way, aren't they? <laughs> and they're only retail numbers. These are only these are only physical copies. Yes. There needs to be a way to um, sell digital copies at retail stores. So, like, if you, because for example, Sunset Overdrive. When I opened my white Xbox, um, there was a little paper with Sunset with a code for Sunset Overdrive. You could totally sell those. Um, you could sell like a card, or or even better, you could even make some a little extra money. You can sell like a a, a little collectible figure, a figurine or something with the code on it for the game, or, or something like that. Well, I know GameStop is doing that, but for DLC yeah. right now, they have they're not doing it for retail games yet. Okay. Game UK do it for retail. Do they? You can buy certain retail games. Like Tomb Raider next month comes out. It's a digital only. Mm-hmm. But there'll be a retail release of a, with the digital code where you can get a Bubblehead Lara, a map, uh, the season pass, um, an art book, and it'll be £29. Or you can buy the normal edition, which is just the code for, for the same price as it will be digital and you'll just get a digital code that you take home and put it in your PS4 and you use some magic and it'll appear. I could see that I could see some problems in that Microsoft and Sony probably want more people to use their digital stores than to get them at retail places. But I yep. mean Well, it's still using the store because what you do is you get the PSN code and you just put in the redeem codes. Right. Yeah, but how much money are they saving by not printing a physical copy and shipping it out? Well, they're not. It's, it's not a physical copy, is it? It's just a piece of paper. Even just, it just. In fact, it's just the retailer's cost, really, because some of it you literally just print off at the till. Mm-hmm. So it's, Sony's not having to pay anything for the distribution. You know, distribution. Yeah. Absolutely. Like GameStop could actually. GameStop usually prints their codes on the receipt. So they hand you the receipt, and your code for whatever you're, you're getting is on the receipt itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it would be cool to sell a figurine with the code on it, so you have kind of something physical, even though you're getting the digital copy of the game. That'd be cool. But I don't know how the logistics of that would work. Um, Fraser, you've been quiet. Anything to say here? I'm still here, but um, I don't really know what to say because I don't really use retail anymore. You, reminded, just saw, uh, you just reminded me of this excellent YouTube comment I saw the other day. Oh, no, no YouTube comments. No, it was it was beautiful, really, because um, someone was saying something dumb, and, and the guy responded, and he said, um, I don't really know what to say, so here's a lasagna recipe. And, and he literally put a, like an entire lasagna recipe there, and was like, there you go. Send it. That's brilliant. I love this no, guy. I, I haven't, like, game in the UK, I haven't used in about eight years, at least. I just don't see the point of retail stores much these days, mm-hmm. unless it's sort of second-hand stuff because, for obvious reasons. But, like new, like, new games, you can usually get them for at least £20 cheaper online. Oh, you're talking about for PC? No, consoles-wise. Not the case um, here. Not the case that I've seen. Well, that's because you have 
crummy GameStop. Well, I mean, it's not GameStop because GameStop's selling the retail version of the game for $60. And that's what everybody sells it for. But then when you go to the digital version of the game, it costs exactly the same. It doesn't cost any less. No, I'm not talking about, like, buying it on PSN or something. I'm talking about, like, just buying it on, say, Amazon or Shop2.net and stuff. Like, buying the physical copy, like, online and getting it delivered works out cheaper than buying it in a game store. That depends. I think that really depends on the game because Amazon typically follows the same kind of pricing structure for at least for new games. Not for us game. because Amazon will normally ship from a I can't remember what what place it is now. Uh, there is a there was, was I don't know if it's not anymore. Is it? Fraser, it's been fixed now. There was a legal loophole for years where there were certain places in the world where you could ship into the country and they would not add tax to the product. Mm-hmm. So if you were ordering it in online, it would be cheaper than retail because they wouldn't have to charge any tax on top of the game. Mm-hmm. That's how it is here still in all honesty. But a good example of Assassin's Creed Unity. Assassin's Creed Unity is 50 on game. On Amazon, it's 37. Mm-hmm. Not in every state, Glenn. Uh, for now, Utah, they still don't charge tax in Utah. Or oh. Amazon. Hold on. What system is that, Frazier? Mm-hmm. What system is that? What do you mean, uh, PS4? For, for Assassin's Creed Unity? Yeah. I'm looking at it. And yeah, it is. It is actually cheaper than retail. It's uh, fifty-seven dollars and forty cents. So, so you save like two dollars and sixty cents. So it's a lot different because, like, that you're talking that's uh, thirteen quid of a difference over here, though. And it's just like using stuff like I use Shop Two dot net for a lot of my games. Like, I'm getting the Karat Edition, which is fifty-four pounds. To buy that in store, it's like eighty. Mm-hmm. That's a huge difference. Yeah, but like here, there isn't just there just isn't that much of a difference. Your games are technically cheaper though. If you get sixty dollars, it work out cheaper to get it shipped here. <laughs> okay, well that's interesting. But let's continue the NPD results. There's a, something new here. There's like a whole little Nintendo section, which I find just charming. Um, Nintendo's 3DS million sellers. Um, this is notable because. Um, let's see. Oh, where was the note that I just had? Ah, here it is. Uh, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS is the 10th Nintendo 3DS game to sell 1 million units. Uh, that's a note from Nintendo that I'll get to in just a moment. But they also listed a bunch of others here. Um, number one was Mario Kart, which sold over 3.5 million. Then Super Mario 3D Land, if I'm talking weird, it's, it's just because I'm being... A, an amazing host and eating peanuts while I'm hosting a podcast. Um, next was Super Mario 3D Land, uh, sold just under 3.5 million. New Super Mario Brothers 2 sold uh, almost 2.5 million. Pokemon X, <laughs> this is interesting. Pokemon X sold 2.11 million. Pokemon Y sold 2.03 million. So I guess we know which one's more popular. Um, after that, X I'm- is amazing. I loved it. Uh, after that, Animal Crossing New Leaf, almost one and a half million. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D, almost one and a half million. Um, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, less than before, but still almost one and a half million. I'm trying to keep these simple numbers so that I don't feed you like a bunch of random d- digits. At number nine, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS, 1.2 million. Then Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, 1.06 million. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um after a really short time, 
Super Smash Brothers for 3DS has broken the top 10 list of games that have sold ever. Um, sold over a million for the Nintendo 3DS. Amazing. Pretty significant. Um, hardware. PlayStation 4 was the best-selling hardware this month, rounding off its streak to 10 months. Um, the Wii U, uh, Nintendo's statements imply around 68,000. So, you know, that's interesting. Um, some notes from that. October 2014 marks the first 12 months of sales for the Xbox One and the PS4. After the first year, these consoles have had a great start as cumulative sales are currently over 70% higher than the combined first year totals of Xbox 360 and PS3. The gaming industry for consoles is not dead by a long shot. That's precisely what that says to me. Um, some other info. Here's what Nintendo said via GamesBeat. Super Smash Brothers has sold 1.2 million copies in the U.S. and is the 10th Nintendo 3DS game to sell at least a million in the U.S. Also, through the first 10 months of 2014, total sales of Wii U hardware and software have increased by 47% and 84% respectively over the same period in 2013. So in case you lost track there, Wii U hardware, uh, hardware is up by 47%, Wii U software is up by 84%. Um, also from Nintendo, talks a little more about um, the 3DS being the 10th game to sell a million units. Um, it's official, Smash is a Smash. Actually, I'm not going to read this. This is all stuff that I already said. But it also says Wii U continues to have a very strong year. Um, actually, this is stuff that I've already said too. Dang it, NPD. Come on. <laughs> and then they go on to repeat the exact same list that I just read you. Okay, so I'm just going to quit. <laughs> that was a bust. <laughs> Um, but anyway, there are, those are our NPD results. No information on, um, well, where the, what, what the Xbox is doing. But then again, no real information on the PS4. I guess, I guess we're just supposed to infer that the Xbox One is in the middle, um, between the PS4 and the Wii U, which makes total sense. Um, but PS4 comes out on top for October. As for November, I don't know. I don't know. November's a very tricky month, and I am not sure what's going to happen. I would like to fling in the fact that Grand Theft Auto V comes out. That did a lot better on PS3 than it did Xbox 360, and it may transfer, you know? And okay. with that, I also want to add, Sony did announce their bundles for Black Friday sales as well. Mm -hmm. And I'll also add that the PlayStation Experience is next month. And if it's anywhere near as amazing as they would have you believe, there's going to be some excitement for the PS4 next month. I could definitely see, I mean, regardless of what they really say, unless they are coming to announce that the PS4 is going to stop production or something ridiculous like that. Um, I, I can definitely see a spike in interest for the PlayStation 4 next month. So, I mean, the holidays aren't over yet. PlayStation's remaining quiet before, uh, ahead of the PlayStation Experience event. So we'll just have to see. I don't know. But can, can I just say what comes in these bundles really fast? No. One second. I just want to add, I want it to be part of the group. Okay, carry on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Sony's releasing two bundles one that's more family friendly, and another one that's more to the core gamers. So the core one uh, for $400, $399.99. You'll get a 500 gigabyte PS4, and it's gonna come bundled with Grand Theft Auto V and The Last of Us Remastered. 
and, deal. Yeah, and the other deal, uh, same system, 500 gigabytes, you'll get Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham and a Little Big Planet 3. And these come out on Tuesday. Hmm. The 18th. November 18th. So you can How does anyone have any money left? <laughs> I mean... We don't. I don't. Dude. Well. I paid my rent, and then my paycheck came from my school, and it was $90. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I have... I, I spent it like that. like I Not even on stuff I want, just like on food so that I don't die. While I'm here, and, yes, and Glenn, we need you to remain alive. You keep the world sane. I know, and then and then the headlight on my car blew out. So whatever whatever money I wanted to save had to go to fixing my headlight. You know, I'm just. I know you hated the Xbox One that bad, but you didn't need to attack the car. I don't hate the Xbox One. I have an Xbox One. Wait, 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 yeah. Well, you've been playing Sunset Over Overdrive, haven't you? Uh-huh. You didn't try and drive. Try and grind on the car, did you? No, no, no. Um, I'd really rather not suffer broken bones right now. Um, so, but it is weird because Sunset Overdrive, for some reason, Insomniac thinks that bushes and cars are bouncy, but not trees. If you try to bounce off of a bush, you will bounce. If you try to bounce off of a tree, you will fall and look like an idiot. Sounds like every racing game where you can like, or any open world game where you can just destroy barricades and brick walls, but you run into the tree and all of a sudden your car is messed up. It's true. <laughs> it's like, really, this tree is more powerful than that building? Hey, don't mess with Mama Nature. Uh, those, <laughs> them trees are made of diamonds. <laughs> Alright, guys. So it's been a fun episode. I love NPD episodes. They're so much fun to do. Um... Although I am tired of talking, and I'm literally sitting here talking to you guys um, and eating peanuts at the same time. I am the uh, best host uh, ever. I'm with a guy in the group that's allergic to peanuts. Oh, Glad perfect. Disappoint me. No, why do I care if he's allergic to peanuts? I'm not giving them to him. Good, good. <laughs> um, Just feed him peanuts. All right, guys. So that was episode 42 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. These are good peanuts, man. Um, <laughs> I'm so distracted. <laughs> episode forty. <laughs> I'm gonna second. make a sandwich. I know, right? Episode I'm gonna 40... go eat right now after this. <laughs> episode, <laughs> are you gonna eat right now? What? Uh, I'm gonna eat right right as you're done talking. Oh, it's... after we're done, I was about to say <laughs> yeah. like we're about to end. It's like, sorry, I'm gonna go eat now. Um, episode forty-two is in the books. And come back next week for episode 43. Be sure to tweet us on Twitter. Um, we're probably going to tweet some questions out to you guys um, to answer throughout the week. We appreciate your tweets, guys. We love that you guys follow along. And no, we're not tired of you tweeting. Um, we, love, we love hearing what you have to say. Um, as a matter of fact, <laughs> the Fonz tweeted us 20 minutes ago saying he's close to the end of Infamous Second Son and asks what he should expect when playing it again on Expert. Um... I'll answer that. that. I'll answer that real quick before you go. Before we leave here, um, your, you know, your, your your radar. All there, there are no enemies on your radar at all. It doesn't show your radar one bit. Um, it doesn't show enemies on your radar at all. So you're you're kind of left in the dark as far as that's concerned. Um, I'd love to say that enemies were harder. I'm not sure they were. 
Um, Delson is definitely weaker in that you sneeze on him and he just collapses in death. Um, so that's fun. Of course, that's an exaggeration. So, I, I don't know. It's it's a nice little... It's not super difficult, and whereas, oh, I can't do this right now, but it is definitely more challenging. They take away some of the things that make the game easier, and, and they just kind of leave you to it. So, um, I think you'll enjoy it. Enjoy the trophy, and have fun. Um... So, for real this time, that was episode 42. Turn in next week for episode 43. Um, ben, how can people contact you? Uh, you can contact me at chili underscore UK or ben.shabayhall at psu.com or chili on NeoGaf. Or you can add me on PSN as chili. Uh, before I switch, go, can I just give a quick shout out to E Rock? He was at uh, Gary's stream when we were streaming Dragon Age. And he said he was a big fan of RDGH, so he asked me if I could give him a shout-out. So, I shout. You, no, I am ridiculously you, you jealous him, right now. You can't give him a shout-out. Why are you jealous? Of what? Because he's awesome! I like, how, I like how my joke about, no, you can't give him a shout-out, that just faded into the background there. We don't, we don't <laughs> listen to you what you say. Glenn <laughs> said something? When did it, what? Whole podcast. I'm, I'm going to go back to eating my peanuts now. Um... <laughs> But yes, definitely. Shout out to E-Rock. And thank you, Ben, for bringing that up. Actually, you asked to do the shout out, so you do the shout out. He just did. Do another Okay. Fine. He gets two shout outs because he's awesome, man. Thank you again, E-Rock, for watching our stream. I hope we hope you join us for more streams. And thank you for listening to RDGH. You're awesome. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um... Gary, how can people reach you, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at Gaglaush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or at PSU's email at Gary, that's G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com. And the late man. I, you're not going to let that go, are you? Uh, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> well, if people want to come say hi on Twitter, it's Fraz with Freeze Z 101. And if you want to send a little email, it's fraser.miller at psu.com. I also have YouTube. Only a little email, not a big email. No big emails. Um, yes, check out his YouTube channel, Smash Gaming 999 for Let's Plays and walkthroughs and all sorts of amazing stuff and amazing theme music. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And if you would like to reach me, um, you can do so on Twitter at goglen underscore, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore, or by email at glenn.gordon at psu.com, or on Xbox, Xbox Live if you want to play some games as uh, Totally Not Glenn. If you want my PlayStation name, you'll have to tweet me and ask me because I don't like it and I'm waiting for them to allow me to change it. Um, what else? Oh, or you can play League of Legends with me. My name is The Music, The Space Music. Why am I on a tangent of just naming all my stuff? Anyway, there's something in these peanuts. I think that's what it is. So, the music you heard at the top of the show, that was Breaking the Ice by DigiE of Overclocked Remix. It comes from the Ice Cap Zone in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Now, what you heard was just the intro. Trust me, the song gets a lot better. So head straight to ocremix.org and download it and many other great video game remixes in full and for free. Also, check out their Megatorrent with almost 3,000 songs in it. They also have a couple new albums published. Now, this is great music for gamers, and it's all free. So to get it, go to ocremix.org. That's O-C-R-E-M-I-X 
www.ghostsandmusicsoundcloud.org. And our ending music, it's a song you heard part of before, way back at the end of episode 19 of RDGH. It's a remix of Logan's Journey, which is part of the soundtrack from Guild Wars 2. More specifically, it's a remix of a remix because ArenaNet, a Guild Wars 2 developer, made a different version of the song for its Super Adventure Box Dungeon, and this is a metal remix of that. It is not actually from OC Remix, this is by a talented artist named Dusk. You can find him and many more incredible video game remixes on his YouTube channel and also at Bandcamp where he is selling his entire six-track album of Super Adventure Box remixes for literally any price you want to pay. To see and download the album, go to itstartsatdusk.bandcamp.com. Tune in next week for episode 43, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, and until then, we wish you a great week, great gaming, and as always, do not be a racist. I got you, mate. You said that already. <laughs> <laughs>